Hello, this is Christopher Swindle, and you are listening to the Funny Science Fiction Popcast. The show that Darth Vader listens to to get all of his best dad jokes. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give Red Shirt Crewman number 57. He'll know that when he puts on the red shirt and joins monsters Fungus and Flem in the efforts to work with Mike and Sully, that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope. Because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has his back and what's left of his ID badge. And now, a word from our show sponsor, Level Up Savers. Their link can be found in the show notes. Our guest today is a longtime voice actor who's been a part of many anime and animated movies and shows, things that you are sure to be familiar with. Uh, he's voiced uh, Lee Shan from Kung Fu Panda, Ide and Ultraman, The Keeper and Owl House, Fungus and Phlegm, and I just which I can't get enough of saying, Fungus <laughs> and Phlegm from Monsters at Work, and so much more. We are very yeah. proud and excited to welcome Christopher Swindle to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. Welcome to the show, Christopher. Thank you. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're excited. I, uh, one of the things that Kathleen and I always like to do is when we're looking at, you know, uh, guests as, uh, after they've been either recommended to us or, or yeah. have, uh, by some fault of their agent agreed to be on our show, <laughs> we have, we, we look through their IMDB and it's a, it's a list. It's a, a couple days of text messages going back and forth of, of, Oh, did you see that they're on this? Oh, did you see they're on this? Oh, they did this. They did that. I totally forgot um, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, right. So yeah, there there was a couple of those moments uh, going down your list for sure. Uh, Fungus and Phlegm was high on that list. I just want you to know because again, I'm a boy. I like bathroom humor. I you know Fungus and Phlegm. Why not? Anyway, of course. Um, yeah. So even even I'm amused by it. But also, my favorite word ever is fester, <laughs> closely followed by squelch. Like. They're just good words. Those are good words. Those, those are, are good, very words. good words. I like those. I agree. They also right, make so... people cringe and it's just fun. <laughs> <laughs> and if my daughter gets to listen to this, I just want to throw out one more word. Moist. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> oh, don't forget poultry. Oh, there you go. Mm. She also hates it when I, when I say library. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can understand that one. I do. I know why. I mean, she's a book nerd, so I mean, she really takes that one personally. But it's fun. And you're also not three. It's okay if you're three. It oh. is. It's cute when you're three. So <laughs> troubling when you're forty-five. So, <laughs> all right. So, uh, Christopher, as it's become standard around here, we like to start our shows finding out the background, the origin story, if you will, uh, of the person sitting across the virtual table from us. So, in the case of Christopher Swindle. What were your influences that encouraged you to pursue a career in the performing arts? Gosh, you know, it was like a combination of those stop motion animation holiday specials and uh, ride the rides, the attraction rides at uh, the Disney theme parks. 
So a little bit of both of those things, probably. Huh. You know? Yeah. How did how did the uh, tra- the attraction rides work into that? Well, is it always you know going through riding Pirates of the Caribbean or or Haunted Mansion? You know, the, the voices that whether it's you know ghost host in the in the mansion or the talking pirates in the in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, those are the things that I wanted to do. You know, I knew as a kid that someone was doing those voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I was always that weird kid that wanted to be. It was more about you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And then people, oh, kids would say, oh, policeman or a fireman. I was like. Talking ghost, talking pirate on a ride <laughs> at an amusement park. A disembodied voice. Sure. Ooh. Yeah. That's Why not? Really right? Cool. Yeah. That's really cool. I would never have thought of the the rides being an inspiration for a job like that, but I, I can see it now. Like that makes sense. I just sure. I just also have actually been on those rides. So I Well, wouldn't. yeah. And that's that's also why I asked the follow-up question because that's the first, honestly, out of all the interviews we've done, um, that's the first time I've ever heard that answer. <laughs> Great. Yeah. yeah. It's it, no, that's cool. It's a very original answer. And I, I love the originality of it. It's just something that I hadn't comprehended before where that could be a possibility where somebody, you know, as a young man going, yeah, somebody's doing the voice of that thing. I want to well, be that guy. Well, you know, the connection came when I learned that Paul Freeze, uh, who was the voice of, of uh, the ghost host in Disneyland, and also, you know, he, he narrated uh, great moments with Mr. Lincoln. It, I made that connection when I realized that, oh, he also did a lot of the voices in the, the, the Rankin-Bass uh, claymation, uh, I mean, stop motion animation holiday specials. Same guy. You know, when you see that name come up and you're like, oh, it's the same person. So someone obviously has this, this mystery person has this job of making a living of, of being a narrator and a, and a voice on, on this and that. So, yeah. And, and at the time they weren't like a big, he, he wasn't a big celebrity. You know, mm-hmm. that was the great thing about being a voice actor too. You're kind of behind the scenes. You're like a, you're like a, a mystery voice ninja. Right. Like pop in, do your thing and then you're out. But uh, yeah, I always thought that was cool. That is actually one of the things that voice actors have told us too, that they kind of like the, the, the privacy aspect of it. Cause you're not the face of these things. Yeah. You're just the voice. So you can go and have a normal life yeah. and not be surrounded by paparazzi and bombarded mm-hmm. by them because nobody knows what you look like. Right. And it's kind of cool. I mean, I, there are some people I think that get into voiceover for the opposite reason they do like the the they like the the popularity that, mm-hmm. that comes with it and that's mm-hmm. okay uh, that's great some of us uh just like to work and uh like to keep it uh not necessarily on the down low but we're more focused on uh you know doing good work yeah. and you are we, we are called in last minute sometimes especially those of us that do voice matching stuff or for for celebrities sure. We get called in, you do the job, and then you throw down your smoke bomb and you're gone. (laughs) So thinking about voice matching, though, that actually brought me into my question, because like Tim mentioned, we go through and we look at your IMDb. We look at your filmography with the, okay, I know them from whatever roles. Well, I have a three-year-old, and so I have a tendency (laughs) to be like, okay, so where have I heard their voice recently? Because that's a whole different demographic. There's... I mean, kids shows have tons of voice actors. 
And so I was very excited when I looked at yours and saw Monsters at Work because the show is amazing. Oh, thank you. That's good to hear. It is so cool. But then it was the, I'm like, Fungus and Flemp. But wait a minute. Fungus was originally voiced by Frank Oz in the movie. It was. So how did you prepare for that role that was already voiced by such a big name? Well, you know, that's the thing. Um, that comes, that, that, that happens. Like this, for those of us that, that kind of do that, it's a niche in our, in our industry. Not everybody does it, and that's okay. Um, but those of us do, it is kind of a great thing to, uh, you know, kind of have in your back pocket. And so with that, it's basically, I mean, I go down a rabbit hole of just constant media thrown at me. If I need to remind myself of what it sounded like, mm-hmm. It's like a, like a weirdo. I have everything in my apartment playing on different screens of, so I'm submersed in it. So scenes from, you know, the movie Monsters, uh, Monsters, Inc. And just listening to it over and over and over and over. And uh, doing a little bit at a time, seeing if, if you can, if it's in your realm to mm-hmm. get close enough. Sometimes I'll pass if, I, if I'm realistic and I know it's that, it's not really... It's not really something I can get to, um, but you got to try it out. And the thing with that one, I was already, I was already on the show, and I was already uh, voicing. <laughs> I was already voicing for uh, Flem, mm-hmm. and um, the audition came out to the agencies. They didn't, you know, they didn't try us out at the studio. They were trying out everybody, and so it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a favor. I didn't get it handed to me. Um, they actually, the great thing to know was they cast blind on that and I was mixed in with everybody else. And um, that's cool. Yeah. It was a good to know. It was, it was nice. Um, and grateful. So anyway, answer your question. I just watched the stuff over and over and over again and and talked to myself a lot. So have you done, I mean, saying that that's part of your niche, is that you've done other voice matching? Yeah. Do you have any other like bigger ones that people will be like, oh, wait a minute, that wasn't really the other person? Because Well, I do. Uh, I play Sully in, in Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. So when Kingdom Hearts 3 came out, so I matched for John uh, Goodman on that. And I've covered for John quite a bit, actually. Um, sometimes uh, for movie trailers here and there. Oh. Kind of brought in to fill in caps on, on things. Like with Kung Fu Panda, um, that was Brian Cranston's role that he did in uh, Kung Fu Panda 3, he played Poe's dad. And right. so they needed someone to match with Brian for, for the series. So yeah, yeah, it's nice. That's a, to have- that's a cool variety of people to voice match with though. Like it's, uh, yeah, it's, we're lucky. Sometimes we get lucky and uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a weird kind of job though, because you're literally, you're kind of, you're not just, do, it's not just doing an impression. You're like filling in for somebody. Um, and doing the best you can to get as close as you can to that person. Um, and then sometimes they come in at the end, at the end of the project, and they'll, um, they'll record over. Sometimes you're a placeholder, so the project can get going. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they'll come in in the end and do it. And then sometimes uh, they are too busy. They are, it's not working into their schedule. And uh, so we get to stay in, and that's great. Like, I just, I didn't really know voice matching was a thing until I started interviewing voice actors. And I'm like, 
That's fascinating. It really is. Um, There's a scene, let's see, I can talk about it now because he's, it's been a while. Uh, I filled in for Philip Seymour Hoffman uh, at the very end of Catching Fire oh. uh, in the uh, Hunger Games film. There was a scene at the very end that they needed to adjust like two lines. And it was very subtle, very subtle. And it was when the camera wasn't on him, it was on Jennifer in the scene. And so t- sometimes we're called in to just fill in gaps here and there. So cool. And so, it, and sometimes we don't even know why or, or what it's for. Um, and we're not, we don't find out until way later. They just call you in with the, hey, we need you to read these two lines and sound like this person. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. bizarre. It, it is. Sometimes it can be, you can have a, sometimes you get just a, a little bit of information and that's all we're told. Uh, and then sometimes, you know, there is quite a bit you get, you know, um, but, um, I'm working on a couple things right now where I'm, I'm doing that very thing and I can't talk about it in, until later. Fair but enough. Yeah. It's, and it's, like, it is a weird kind of thing. Voice acting uh, secret agents. That's I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's fun though. Yeah, I this could is tell the, you, but then I'd have to kill you. <laughs> the whole voice matching thing has been one of the things that I think that we've both been kind of like oh that's kind of a cool thing and that we've kind of learned more as we've talked to more and more voice actors and you know and every and every voice actor kind of views it differently and talks about it a little bit differently and and we we always learn a little bit more so it's it's always kind of cool very exciting to 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 learn more about a business that yeah you know clearly we don't you know that kathleen and i are not part of so it's it's kind of fun to get to be able to look you know uh you know from from the outside looking in kind of get a different perspective on it now you've also worked on several anime projects. Uh, I saw Naruto, Aruto. I'm sure there's a couple other Arutos in there somewhere. Uh, <laughs> but there's, uh, and I know I'm going to severely pronounce this one because I didn't know about it till today. It's but okay. <laughs> Baki Hanma. Did I get mm-hmm. how close am I? At? How close am I on that one? Yeah, you're right, Baki Hanma. Woohoo! All right. So uh, now you've worked on the English versions of these animes, and and from what I understand, and talking to other people who do the English translations. Uh, the version of it is can present its own challenges. So yeah. what challenges have you encountered with working the English translation of anime and projects like that? And how did you overcome them? Well, first of all, to me, what comes first is always the best. It's always, you know, um, the original, uh, the original recordings are always the best way to view them. Our job sometimes is just to adapt it to uh, the English language, I guess, the difficult part of it is sometimes the intensity of of the acting moment is not chosen by us. It's already done by someone else. And so, um, like if it's already done, if that if that you know we we're basically going in and translating it um, the best we can to English, but some decisions have already been made before we get started as far as how we would uh, if them if. I guess what I'm trying to say, if the if the mouth flap, if the mouth flap has been animated a certain way, the, the, the most difficult thing is to adapt it to that and make sure that we are honoring the language correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you get it, you're getting two different languages that sometimes the mouth flap doesn't line up to. It doesn't line up to words wise in a sentence, if that makes any sense. It, it does. That, 
that's a bit of a challenge. And so we're in the moment sometimes having to edit and rewrite to make it work correctly. So, yeah, that's a challenge and it, but it's, it's totally worth it. But uh, yeah. Um, I just, I, love it. I just enjoy that you say mouth flap a couple of times. That just amuses mouth flap. me. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting phrase, but it also makes a lot of sense. I understood what you were saying, but at the same time, you know, I'm like, I'm like right? mouth flap, mouth flap, mouth flap, mouth flap. Yeah. So, cause um, I'm, I'm all of 12 and that's all I heard was mouth flap. So. <laughs> I'll show myself out. Don't worry. <laughs> no, you can stay. You can stay. <laughs> you amuse us. Okay. So yeah. So yeah. That, that's that's kind of what I figured. You know, just because of, of having to try and match going from, uh, you know, the 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 way that the Japanese language structures sentences yeah. and and things versus the way that American English even versus not just the English language but American English structures sentences and and. Yeah, I'd imagine that that would that would cause some hurdles, but I don't think you know. Right. I, so clearly, I know how, it's something that's overcomable. I know how poorly it usually translates on paper when you have instruction manuals that were not originally written in English, and you're trying to figure out how to put together a piece of furniture. I can only imagine it's worse when you're trying to match mouth flaps. <laughs> mouth flap. Mouth flap. Uh, mouth flap. Uh, yeah, you know, and and two, like I said, we're you know. We're trying to, at least I'm trying to honor as, as best we can the original, uh, you know, intention. Right. That was that was brilliantly um, made by that particular company and, and that country. So we have a big responsibility to do the best we can to translate it um, in English and give the best performance. But ultimately, uh, the original source is always the best. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. Yeah, I love anime. I love doing it. So that's cool. Makes sense. So as we talked about with research and looking at your IMDb, we have a tendency to go a little further with our research. And I may have been scrolling through your Twitter because ah. why not? We why like to not? call it a, a light stalking. Oh, it's nice. research. <laughs> I'm doing it specifically for the interview. It's no longer stalking. <laughs> The pretty, the pretty bow of research has been tied to our light stalking. Yes. <laughs> so scrolling through your Twitter, I was amused by a tweet on May 9th asking why the shields in Star Trek can't be up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and did you ever get an answer? You know, my intent of that was just to be silly and ridiculous because <laughs> I know why. I know why. And I but I love the I love the earnest answers. It's it's transfer of power. You can't have this going. I, and I know all that. I know all that. I it just it was one of those things that struck me funny because I had I was doing like a bit of a marathon and you know I have this I have the movies and stuff playing in the background while I'm working. And it is a constant thing of mm-hmm. shields up. Right, they're, like, they stop? they're like 30 seconds into a battle and they're getting <laughs> blown away. And there's, oh, shields up now. Why weren't they up? Like, right. when why do we constantly say shields up? And just, I would always just walk around with a shield. When it is, I mean, yes, I understand the power thing and that makes sense. But also it's sci-fi. And the fact that this is happening anyway doesn't make sense. So why can't they have extra power to always have their shields up? Right. And some people are are like, well, it's a sign of aggression. It's a sign of 
if you go with your go around with your shield up, it's it's a sign of aggression. And I'm like, yeah, but what if they just all had their shields up? Right. What if armadillo? They always have shields. Just always have the shields up, and then no one's being aggressive. We're just all being protective. <laughs> yes. So, oh, as someone who's who's fairly new to the the Star Trekky stuff, because um, I've been I've been in firmly planted in the Star Wars side of mm-hmm. things for the majority of my life. Uh, honestly, I just recently just got entranced by the the new show, Strange New Worlds. I've actually really enjoyed that Star yeah. Trek show. Yeah. Uh, which has like, encouraged me to go back and start watching the original series now. Uh, before this, you know, my only exposure to Star Trek was a couple episodes of the original series, The Wrath of Khan, The Search for Spock. I stopped watching when they they tried talking to whales, and, and I oh, called it a day. Come so, on. yeah, that was that was pretty much the end of it for me right <laughs> there. But uh, <laughs> but so I'm I'm getting back into things. But you're right, you know, even just in Strange New Worlds, they're flying around. You know, they're getting ready like people are already firing at them they're like well i guess we should put the shields up shields uh, up <laughs> how many people died before we, we said that <laughs> exactly it's just a couple okay. red shirts it's okay i didn't say it fast enough next time okay next time uh, we we hall breach in the lower decks oh we should probably put those shields up you know shields up. <clears throat> yes. oh goodness i would also like to follow up the um looking through your Twitter though, with the, I like your advice of taking care of yourself by eating melty cheese. Oh yeah. That's just good advice. It's a problem. It is a oh. good, it is good advice, but Oh, it's a problem. Melty cheese. So melty cheese. when we talk about melty cheese sandwiches, are, is that like the same thing as a grilled cheese sandwich? It can be melty, that... just cheesy, anything. Well, I get that. I I'm, I'm trust me. I'm down with the melty cheese because it's cheese. <laughs> first off and then it's yeah. warm and gooey and stringy so yeah. yeah but i'm thinking grilled cheese all because all of a sudden i'm thinking grilled cheese sandwich and tomato soup and that's like my that's ultimate comfort food ditto mm-hmm. you that know, is my so. go-to comfort food exactly when my wife is like hey so i had a rough day i want to make some grilled cheese and tomato soup uh yes please yes please can you have a bad day tomorrow uh, too i mean just right. enough so i can get just so i can get the sandwich and the soup you know not for any other reason Absolutely. You, have you ever heard of bread cheese? I'm sorry, wait, what? Bread, bread? cheese. Bread. Just, just melting cheese on bread? No, it is a, it's a squeaky cheese, but it's, oh, I mean, I don't remember if it's Norwegian. I don't remember. It's but a squeaky cheese. It's a squeaky cheese that you have to cook to eat. And so you like cube it up and you can pan fry it. And the and recommendation is to put honey and almonds on it. Really? And then you just didn't put it right in the mouth flap. Uh-huh. Okay. Now that sounds fantastic. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. But the 12 year old in me wants to know, does it make you squeak afterwards? No, no. So okay. it is, it's a young cheese. So it squeaks when you eat it. When you eat it, you'll, you'll hear that like, Squeak, squeak, it like squeaks squeak, against squeak, your squeak, teeth because yeah. cheese does upset my stomach and i do squeak uh, <laughs> i just wanted to know so it is it's cheese. actually a finnish cheese i was wrong it's not norwegian it's finnish but so squeaks or or minor methane explosions either way right you know. but well, yeah now I, gotta, I have not heard of that but now i'm i might i'm compelled 
squeaky it's cheese is fun delicious <laughs> I, so i live like 15 minutes away from the cheese capital of michigan and so i am oh. frequently getting different kinds of cheese because as you should it's right there as you should. what exactly is the cheese capital of michigan Pinconning. is it really it is i didn't know uh, that Pinconning no, cheese guess. is delicious it's known for their cheese and it's very specific strain of pot but that's a different story. <laughs> I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to make a, a, a visit to Pinconic for the cheese. Um, Sorry, there's an I, urban legend about the, the Pinconic paralyzer that was supposed to be one of the most potent flowers. Is that anything like the Scranton Strangler? Or... <laughs> I wish that would be way funnier. I, I was gonna. <laughs> wow, All right. Sorry about that. Okay. Oh, no. No, here, here's me just going sideways. Learning, uh, so, much. learning so much. <laughs> yes, All right. Cheese and so, marijuana. <laughs> well, if you have enough of the, the second one, you'll want more of the first one. Exactly. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Christopher, uh, going more into your yeah. your Twitter page with more continued light stalking, oh. uh, you had another you had another one about uh, 45 years ago. You said two things affected your version of nerd heaven. There the release of the live action Spider-Man <laughs> on CBS. Oh. And then a month later, Star Wars was released. Now, I can certainly understand both of those franchise loving both of those franchises. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. You may not be able to see it or tell but most of my funko pops behind me are actually star wars i love it i can see it and i love it and uh yeah so i've got my big darth vader helmet there anyway yeah so i'm a huge fan of that universe so for you particularly though where does your nerd flag fly these days oh same uh same place i'm a huge, huge star wars nerd i someone mentioned today on on twitter uh why hasn't my my boy uh chris swindle been a part of a star wars project yet and i'm like I, it's top of the bucket list it's <laughs> not because i'm not trying <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i would you know that's the ultimate bucket list for me that was that was one of my first great uh, movie theater experiences that I can remember, mm-hmm. you know, because I was like six. I hate to date myself here, but uh, I was, yeah, um, yeah, I was six years old when it came out, and then um, haven't been the same since. So, <laughs> my first was Return of the Jedi. So, oh, nice. I was only five when Empire came out, and then I saw year, you know, went and yeah. saw Return of the Jedi, and then I, back in the days of laser discs, kids. Uh, when you could rent them from the movie theater, or not the movie Laser theater, disc. but the, the, the corner movie store. Um, What's a movie uh, store? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we we rented laser disc players and, and rented A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. And ever since then, I just that was hook, line, and sinker. Oh, yeah. So, I yeah. was seven when the first Star Wars movie came out that I saw in theaters. Oh, do I want to know which one? No, you don't, because it's going to make you cry. She's a child. What? 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 Phantom Menace. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I was a couple of months away from turning seven. I was still technically six when it came out, but. Phantom Menace. (laughs) Oh, you're adorable. I was married, had a child, you know, but whatever. Anyway, (laughs) I distinctly remember 
when I, I was playing with my Tinker Toys. I mm-hmm. kid you not. I was playing with Tinker Toys in the living room when they showed the preview for Empire Strikes Back on the TV. Okay. And I remember just being blown away because I didn't, at that age, you know, it's, it's seven, I didn't really understand sequels. I didn't understand that there would be another one. I didn't, you know, had it not been, yeah, had it not been for Star Wars, we probably nobody would understand what sequels are. So they really weren't done up till that point. I remember being shocked. I mean, I thought that was it. I thought I did Star Wars. I had seen a few times by that point, but I thought that was it. I didn't understand there was going to be more. And so I remember pausing while I'm playing with Tinker Toys in my living room because the preview came on on television. And oh man, so excited. So, oh yeah. 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 I'm uh <laughs> I am stupidly excited for tomorrow morning. I've told my wife <laughs> already uh that, you know, when Obi- when Kenobi comes on just cuz I think my wife is working from home tomorrow and I've already told her you can you if you want to be out in the front room while I'm watching that's fine just so you know. But just so you know I will not be talking to you because Kenobi. Mhm. See, I was John and I had agreed we we're going to watch it together tomorrow, but now he has to work late. Mm, well, that sucks. So for John. I might be getting up at five to watch it with him tomorrow morning before he goes to work. Priorities. Yes. This Kenobi comes first. His there you go. Coworker getting herself. Although, 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 now I'm really excited about Kenobi, and I'm excited about all the you know stuff they're doing. But, but, is it just me, or? Now the top the timeline. Do we even want to get into the timeline here? Because sure, there's some timeline stuff that doesn't make sense to me. Um, I'm Luke is supposed to be ten years old in this nine right? ten somewhere around there, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Now, how old was he in A New Hope? Was he like about nineteen? Okay, so we're supposed to believe that Kenobi ages the way he looks now to. Alec Guinness looking in nine years. Well, the exposure to, to two sons, I guess, in 19. Yeah, 19 years like about, on Tatooine is like 40 years somewhere else. That's all I got the, for the you. The effect that the, the dark side of the force has on faces and skin. I wonder <laughs> if the pulling away from the, the force would age you as well. If mm-hmm. going from Obi-Wan to Ben has made it like when Bilbo gives up the ring and suddenly gets really okay. old. All right, I see. Okay. I, I right. saw I, I saw a meme I saw a meme the other day that showed uh, Uncle Owen, Aunt Beru, and Obi Wan as they were portrayed in A New Hope, <laughs> and then as they're going to be portrayed in Kenobi, and they're like, "Yeah, in in ten years they're going to look like this." Don't yeah. ever go to Tatooine. So. <laughs> There you go. There you go. My answer. Thank you. Uh, or, that, or maybe Tatooine had a global pandemic and it did what global pandemic is doing to all of us. That's true. It was a rough. I feel like we've aged 10 years in two years. Too soon, yeah. Kathleen. Too soon. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, it was a rough 10 years in that pandemic in Tatooine. Um, <sighs> that's for sure. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. But I mean, for them to do it, properly obi-wan would have back at the prequels obi-wan would have had to have been i think graying sooner Mm -hmm. yeah they they showed him awfully young he would have had to have been aged up a little bit i think by attack of the clones 
Yeah, Attack of the Clones, they should have started graying him and then and then Revenge, they should have had yeah. him pretty gray. Yeah. It, he should have been in my estimation, he should have been in somewhere between Attack of Clones and Revenge, he should have been in his 40s to 50s. Yeah. In order to look like he did as as Alec Guinness in A New Hope, in order right. to make that logical leap cuz, you know, uh as they're portraying him now, I mean, Ewan McGregor's a pretty good looking dude and he's he's still pretty handsome looking as Obi. So I'm like, yeah, you didn't age him up enough. Uh Alec was looking pretty rough in, in New Hope. So um well, yeah. Alec wasn't drinking his aloe vera water and and uh have his his trainers with him as much as I'm sure Ewan has. But well, you anyway. got me th- you got me there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I am excited about it though. I absolutely I'm super excited. And it's funny, is like I I am so very firmly in the I am excited for Vader camp, like, which sounds really bad, but I want full bore Vader. Like, I have my my Vader lightsaber lamp there. I mean, I don't want to say young and healthy Vader because, you know, he was just in lava, but I want (laughs) I want angry Vader like we got in Rogue One. Like, I want scary vader yes i still every time i watch that movie i still giggle every time he enters that hallway because i know some stuff's about to hit the wall i mean mainly the the people from the ship literally (laughs) (laughs) i i think i literally i cried during that scene in the movie theater just because it was the this is why vader is scary like yeah, seeing I, him full strength vader no and i'm like this is fantastic right and isn't it interesting that that scene was put in later mm-hmm. like you know when they were making that film that that scene was that didn't come in until later they added yeah, that was an added mm-hmm. yeah i'm so glad that they did they yeah it, need, it needed to be in there that really but, i think you're right though i think you're right i think we do need to see off the chain vader I honestly, I want to see a movie where it's just about Vader on mm-hmm. on a hunt for Jedi and being that full bore rage Vader, um, you know. Mm-hmm. And I know that everybody's like, "Oh, he's it. been around forever, and he's been a part of all these storylines and everything." But honestly, as Darth Vader, his screen time is actually pretty limited to where he's actually fighting and doing the Vader things is actually pretty limited. The most screen time he ever got was in um, was in Return of the Jedi, but in most of that, he's actually just standing there talking with Luke. Right. There's actually very little saber dueling and, and anything else. So, yeah. But yeah, that's just yeah. And I mean, the excitement more, more too, Vader, of the, the excitement too of Hayden Christensen coming back makes me happy. I I am so very ecstatic that Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor are getting. An opportunity to get the appreciation that they should have gotten, you know, 20 years ago when, mm-hmm. with this, the start of all of this, was, you know, yeah. they got a lot of hate for doing a job they were hired to do. And I've never understood that. I, you know, I feel the same way about Ahmed Best. I would love Ahmed Best to, he got a little bit of, of redemption with the, uh, um, the, like the trivia show he did as, as the Jedi, but I would love for him to get another role in the Star Wars universe where he can, like Hayden come back and, and really get a chance to, to, to show that. Yeah. You know, hey, it was just a job. And not be victims of poor writing. 
and not yeah, be victims I, of, of of idiot fanboys. A little bit of both, right? I think yeah. I, I think as an actor, it's got to be. I think it's got to be exciting to be able to come back to something and have a second shot at it. You know, especially if mm-hmm. uh, you've grown older and you've matured, mm-hmm. you have more time to think about that character and what they would be doing. It's like, um, I think Keaton said the same thing. Michael Keaton said the same thing about coming back as Batman. Oh, sure. And for the Flash room, yeah. He was excited. about. And I think some people are like, oh, he's not going to want to do that again. He's not going to want to, no, but he's actually, because he gets a second shot at it, playing this person later in life, like this character is, is they've aged mm-hmm. and gone through things and have seen things and matured mm-hmm. and it's like you said with you know some of the writing and stuff with some with, with some of that hayden was kind of stuck in a certain way but now that character has has obviously changed a lot yeah. and that's got to be exciting to kind of play that I, I would as much as i love george lucas i'm excited for hayden and ewan to be able to act without george's writing mm-hmm I love George Lucas. I thank him every day for Star Wars, but he should never be allowed to write another Star Wars movie. So. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I feel, I feel the same way. He's a and great idea man. He's a wonderful idea man. He's he's but got all this knowledge is... and this ability. Yeah, some people, you know, he's a great idea man, and and he can talk to somebody. Hey, I want this to have this scene to do this, this scene to do that. Let somebody who's good at putting those thoughts and ideas into words put those on the paper you know so similar experience with um i had working on uh valerian i don't know if you guys saw valerian Mm -hmm. and um i was one of the talking trio talking Mm -hmm. aliens the three little guys that went around and uh and luke the song he kind of wanted to be a part of everything uh a little bit of this, a little bit of writing, directing, editing, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And it, it seemed like if he, and he wore himself ragged, exhausted right. doing it, it would have been great. I thought the same kind of thing if he could have delegated some of those responsibilities to other folks, it might have been a better movie. Yeah. Um, but, you know. Well, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, last thing with the the Kenobi is I am excited because of Peyton Christensen coming back and Ewan McGregor coming back because I will watch anything that's got Ewan McGregor in it. Um, <laughs> but watching Hayden get to go from being Anakin to now getting to be Vader in the suit oh, is yeah. very exciting for me. Yes. Because he, he gets that little glimpse of being Vader in three and then the, but that's all we get. Like He, he never gets got to yell to no and then yeah, he gets to there. yell no and then look out the the the, the window yeah. at the Death Star being built. That's it. Which was cool to hear him take. Was that the even him though? Was that even him? Or did and, they? Yeah, that's him? that's him in the suit. Physically in the suit. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes you know, last minute they don't get to do that, and it's I a mean, voiceover. They didn't let right. him do the voice. It's which, a voice thank match. God. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. So as we've talked to many actors and voice actors. We like to get their thoughts on one very specific question. Uh, so looking back over your career, what advice would you give up and coming actors that you wish that you had? I would say start sooner if you can. 
Um, I, you know, I got into the game a lot later than I could have just out of sheer insecurity and worried that I wasn't ready for it. And it's okay. I'm grateful for the opportunities that I have and I'm, and I'm still get, getting, but I wished I hadn't wasted time um, and, and would have jumped in it a little sooner. I'm always amazed by some of these, these I call them kids, uh, but the young 20-somethings, even late teens that are getting into voiceover. And it's great. You know, um, they have such a future ahead of them. But yeah, I would have... I would have told myself maybe start sooner, really focus on um, studying first, which I did do. I, I studied and I studied. I didn't even claim myself as a voice actor until I, was, I had an agent and I was working professionally. But uh, yeah, I probably would have jumped in sooner. Excellent. All right. So Christopher, our, we have a Facebook group that follows us that is over 203,000 members right now. And it's a Facebook group that is full of memes. Memes about this sci-fi universe mixed with that fantasy universe that's mixed <laughs> with this sci-fi universe. And it's, it's a lot of funny and uh, silly things just kind of all over the place. It's a lot of fun. But we nice. love these, these meme mashups. So if you had the chance to choose two of your characters to work together to take over the world in a meme style <laughs> setting, who would you choose and why? To take over the world? Yeah, to take over the world. Well, obviously, Flem and Fungus. Just because <laughs> it would be funny to say that <laughs> Flem and Fungus are taking over the world. Which is true. Sometimes. Well, especially during flu season. I was going to say Flem and Fungus during the last two years. Oh, yeah. No, they've been everywhere. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Uh, Flem yeah. fungus and their third compatriot virus. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Good. Something I hadn't thought about. Mashups are always the best, right? They're entertaining, if nothing else. They are. They really are. So I have one final question. Oh, sure. And I have decided to go completely ridiculous with this final question. No, no. Because we need more humor in our lives. And you seem to be a pretty funny guy. <laughs> so what superhero or villain do you think would make the best therapist? Would make the best therapist? Mm -hmm. <laughs> superhero or villain? Probably Tony Stark would be the best therapist because he would sit and just talk about himself the whole time and he didn't <laughs> have to say anything. I mean, it would be a huge relief. You go there and you're thinking you had to spill your guts on this pressure of talking about yourself. And he just talks about himself and then time's up and you're like, thanks. You helped so much. I didn't have to say a thing. I feel so much better because my life is not as terrible as yours. Right. <laughs> I actually like that answer. You know. <laughs> oh, it works for sure. All right. So, Christopher, we're at a point in our show where we like to take our guests through a little bit of a quiz. Oh, OK. Did not sign up for, but you're here anyway. You're here anyway, so we might as well give it a try. It's a four question quiz. Mm. All questions are multiple choice. Oh, thank goodness. And uh, all these questions are some random trivia questions about monsters at work. Oh, OK. Oh. So you'll, you'll have a fighting chance here, maybe. Mm -hmm. However, if you get three of the four questions correct, 
we would like to send you this book, which is called Custodians of the Cosmos, which is all about a young man who wanted to join something quite like Starfleet, but not like Starfleet for litigious reasons. He didn't quite make it, washed out and rejoins as a custodian to boldly clean up after those who boldly just went. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Okay. Uh, however, if you get less than the three questions correct, so uh, one or two, or you possible for a zero. Uh, anyway, zero, one, or two answers correct. We, we take your picture, we make a meme out of you, and we put you in our Facebook group. Oh, oh, gosh. Pressure. Well, we try. You, you have to tell them what it's called, too. It's called our fun sequence. <laughs> Just well, because it's really fun to say fun sequence. Is that, I mean, is, is that, is that, is that copyrighted? Cause I, I, I want to use that. Please feel free to use it where it's not okay. copyrighted. I'll send you a dime every time I, okay. Use it. Fantastic. Please use it a lot. All right. So <laughs> Kathleen, go ahead, get us started. The co-CEO of Monsters Inc. who leads the comedy class is A, Mike, B, Boo, or C, Gary. Oh, that, that's that's Mike. That's Mikey. Mike Wazowski. Mike, Mike Wazowski. Mike Wazowski. I love yeah, that. That is correct. Oh. All right. This person is the leader of MIFT, Monsters Incorporated Facilities Team. Is it Frank? Is it Duncan? Or is it Fritz? Henry Winkler. Oh, Fritz. Yes. <laughs> All right. Two for two. Ah. This monster is in charge of the jokester auditions is that a celia b thalia or c mrs flint i am definitely gonna have to go with uh bonnie hunt as mrs flint that Pretty is good correct. that's three for three and that's hey! the book you're so out stick- of the meme zone all right and our fourth question just for funsies the other ceo of monsters incorporated is that mr Waternoose? is that sully or is it duncan is that hmm i'm gonna have to say uh james p sullivan it's, there you uh, go actually sully to you so yeah <laughs> you did the voice <laughs> uh, not only did it do the voice but if you're paying attention that was john goodman's face so. <laughs> it really was that was impressive <laughs> actually have to do that to do his voice it's a it's a thing you gotta do we we make sometimes voice actors we uh we we contort our faces to do a, a voice to make it look good and sound good actually so ah! love it that is spectacular oh goodness well christopher we have enjoyed talking to you so much where can our viewers and our listeners go to find out more about you and what you've got coming up uh well let's see mm-hmm. on my imdb of course uh christopher swindle in imdb my website is www.christopherswindle.com and right now i've got like five or six things that i'm sitting on that unfortunately i can't talk about and they're big stuff but stupid, in the next dumb uh, stupid ndas 
I know, right? Those darn NDAs. And the next few months, they're going to be coming out, having a lot of fun. I got some stuff coming up with uh, Mattel toys and uh, some more. Oh, we're, I, I think I can say we're working on uh, season two of Monsters. Um, and, uh, and if you want to catch the current episodes for season one, that, of course, is on Disney+. Plus, and we love our little show. And uh, yeah, so some great things coming out. Most of them I can't talk about. <laughs> yet. Understood. Fair enough. But uh, Fair enough. yeah, so but thanks for the thanks for the love and thanks for the support. Yeah, definitely. We are going to link your website so that they can go and find oh, cool. information about you, yeah. and probably your Twitter as well because it's entertaining. Because uh, <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> oh, good. To two people. That's fantastic. Good exactly. <laughs> and we want to remind everybody that subscribing is the single most important thing that you can do to ensure that we get more amazing guests like Christopher Swindle here today and these funny moments that you guys can be able to listen to. So please subscribe. It helps out more than you'll ever know. And go check out Christopher's Twitter account. He needs another subscriber. However, if you're not happy with the content of our show today, please feel free to lodge a complaint with the heads of our complaint department. Flem and Fungus from Monsters at Work. They're yeah. learning from Mike and Sully on how to better run a business. And trust us, you don't want to be on their bad side if they get the sniffles. So give at least two copies of your complaint because <laughs> if they have a bad day, you know, they just might get some phlegm or fungus on your complaints. Thanks again, Christopher. Thank, Thank you, you, Christopher. Thanks so much, you guys. This was fun. All right, guys. This has been Funny Science Fiction Podcast. Have a good one. Goodbye. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of the FSF podcast, we want to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, please contact us by means of Twitter or Instagram using the handle at FSF podcast or go to www.fsfpodcast.com and click on the contact me link. Thanks again and hope you enjoyed the episode.